Hey, you're listening to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 210. I'm Brandon, here with Ryan, and we're going to unearth some hidden gems for you. Now, hit our theme song! <laughs> hey, Ryan, we're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? We are back. What is going down? Whole ton is going down. We're back for the second episode in a row for us. Second yep. day in a row for everybody else. Same clothes as yesterday. Didn't shower. Absolutely no. I showered. I just didn't put deodorant on. So it's, I didn't shower. It does smell in here. Yes, we are nerds. So that's just how it is. Bunch of sw- our, is our is our butt cracks out? A little bit. Ah, mine's not. Damn I'm good. It. Damn it. I gotta but, throw these underpants away, but I just I love them. So I have Oh, I still have some of your underpants at my house. Because <laughs> <laughs> Kyla thought they belonged to your son. Yep. Ah. Well, they would be like regular pants on him. <laughs> Moving on. In any case, we've got some more patrons to thank, we've got some stories to tell, and ab and apropos of absolutely nothing going on in the greater magic community right now, we are going to look at some cards that as the Commander format evolves and grows and changes. Yep. Some cards that maybe previously you would have looked at and just left on the floor of your LGS. Maybe you just took it out of your binder and you got it under your desk propping it up to keep it level. Yes. Maybe it's time to bust those out because they're good now. Yeah. As the format changes and evolves, like you say, some of these cards might have previously been unplayable. But now that there's there's... So much influencing the greater commander sphere, right? More mm-hmm. cards, more stuff designed for commander, big content creators saying this is under underplayed, underserviced, underutilized, overplayed. It changes and it shapes everything. And we're no different. We've got a bunch of cards both submitted by our patrons and CCO Nation, but also out of our own experience playing online for you and, yep. and kind of going through binders and saying, hey, you know what? Mother ass, this might be playable now. I just got bent over by this whatever thing the other day. If I had this this thing that we're going to talk about today, or these things, maybe I would have been more successful. Maybe they're good in Commander now. Yeah, maybe, it's, maybe the time has come. The time has come for these to rise from your grave and uh, your, your, awesome. your Your junk binder, your long box of stuff that you don't want to throw out, but you don't really have the time to sort. Exactly. Well, you yeah. should have sorted it because... Yeah. That's where all of these cards <laughs> live. <laughs> and if you still don't want to sort it, you can go to FusionGamingOnline.com. I'm not sure if you said they're the official sponsors. They are the official sponsors of the show. Also, the source for all your gaming needs. That's right. All of your jank-ass needs that we're going to talk about today. This is Commander Cookout Podcast. Of course, you can go there, use CCO Fusion 5 exclusive promo code, get you 5% off these 10-cent gems. <laughs> so you're going to save a little bit of money, but it is about getting that value over time. We are magic players, and we do like it. So yeah, go there. It helps the show out a lot. Let's Fusion know that we're legit dudes and that uh, that we like working with them. I was just thinking. We It's like yesterday we were in the Hangarot of CCO Nation. That's the Mead Hall, oh. where the, the greeting hall, where everybody meets together to come together to share stories of battle and war and, and feast and get fucking drunk. Tra- and Brash Taunter. Yes. Today, we're down Instead of getting trashed, we're getting brashed. brashed. (laughs) (laughs) Missed it yesterday. Missed it. Got there today. Today, we're down in the sewers, and we're panning for gold. And we're going to find some. Panning for gold in the sewers? Yeah, that that person who dropped their wedding ring into the toilet and flushed it by accident? Yeah, we're going to find it. Yeah, And we're going to wear that shit and pretend that we paid top dollar for it. Oh, yeah. But we we didn't because we got our discount at Fusion. So before we do, we've got a couple patrons to thank. Couple patrons. These are these are new supporters of the nation. People that can contribute to the content, help shape the shape the greater uh, CCO verse, if you will. Yep. Part of the benefits to becoming a patron over at Patreon.com/slash CCO Podcast is the CCO nickname, the shout out, the FU, the finger blasting on Discord. That's my favorite part. That's one of my favorite parts, too. Yeah, yeah. And people are getting fancy with sideways, upside-down fingers. A whole bunch of gifts now, too? Yes. Oh, those are some of my favorite. Oh, man. I like when somebody posts something a little bit sus, and it's like, they they do the Brando meme where you're like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Like like the the one where you're like, you don't know what's happening? (laughs) Oh, man. So so good. That's such a fun place to be most of the time. uh, It's fine. Yeah, everybody else is. Five out of ten. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. Okay, first shout-out. Jared Birdseye. I feel like we don't even have to do anything with that. Oh, no, d- dude. 
It's got I in it. Yeah, it's got I. And you know what that means. The best prefix for I? Brown. <laughs> J-Rock Brown Eye. J-Rock Brown Eye. Welcome. That sounds kind of like a wrestling name or a bad guy name. Bad guy Brown Eye? I like that too. <laughs> I like that too. I like that too. Well, you've got a couple to pick from, Jared, J-Rock, bad guy Brown Eye. Welcome to the nation and, of course, F.U. Mm-hmm. Next one. Michael Finnemore. Mike, how about Michael Fillimore? Fill him more? Yeah. Like with beer? Ooh, I was thinking of something dirty. Or something dirty. Whatever floats your boat. We don't judge here. Yeah. Whatever hole you'll have us in. There it is. There it is. Say it every week. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Michael Finnemore, Michael Fillimup more, whatever it is, welcome and F you. Agreed. Final one. And this is, I don't know if this is a new creator, if they if they want to get their name out there, if they want to shout out. This is Dark Mage Gaming. We looked them up. We, we, we seen a YouTube, but there's nothing there yet. So Dark Mage Gaming, if you're new, get on it. Produce some good shit. Welcome to the nation. Also, we should give them a name because the nicknames don't fly here. So we're just going to call him Jeff. Jeff. I thought we were going to call him Paul. Not Jeff. Sure. Now that we've talked about him a little bit more, they're Jeff. They could be. Yeah. We don't know. They didn't send us a name. They just sent us a a handle. So Jeff. Yeah. Jeff seems like a good handle. You know, It's, it's fine. Sure. Yeah, welcome. Those are the nicknames. We're happy to have them. We're happy to give them. We don't know why people want them, but... But we we're full of them, and yeah. we got we got lots to give. Here we are, here we are, here we are. So we're we're talking about we're talking about underutilized things, underutilized cards, or cards that, again, with the evolution, the streamlining possibly of the format. Yes, cards that maybe were too niche in the past, or maybe just too wonky or too expensive. Maybe not price wise, but as far as mana costs go or like the upkeep of a card would go. Yep. Cards that now could be playable based on what you think a lot of other people you see are going to be doing. Like you're seeing a lot more people playing greedy mana bases. You're seeing a lot more people who this, are splashing things in. This to, is this is like they're they're almost like meta picks, but it, they're not for your meta. They're for the the for the greater format. Exactly. It's like when Theros came out, all metas the, the most meta pick after Theros was Tranquility, for example. Destroys all enchantments. I know Tranquility is not played. I get it, but that's the... Destroy all enchantments is Tranquility in my head. That When you saw what right? was it through the Breach or whatever it was, the thing that removes three enchantments mm-hmm. from the game, like that thing was like, oh my... Oh my fucking God. This, this is card, awesome post-Theros. This incredible. Yeah, because it's Theros and you're going to just yeah, wreck yeah, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. But playing that card now, it's like... It doesn't say Artifact on it. This card sucks. Yeah, and you know what? My, my point was is like... Our meta had lots of new enchantment decks in February after oh, Theros Jesus. Beyond Death, but so did everybody else's because the f- whole format was like, hey, Enchantress is fun. Mm-hmm. And over the last couple of years, the game has given us a lot of things to do that, right? Yep. We had the Enchantress precon in 2019, 18? Uh, sure. And that. Estrid? Yeah, Estrid and Tuvasa and the other one. Sure. Yeah. And then we got Theros again like a year later or so, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, there's enough now here to do, hey, look at a boat is driving across down the river. Look what at in the hell is wrong with that guy? Man, he's got a rooster tail up behind him. He's going pretty good. I'll bet you that water's minus 14 degrees. You could definitely die in there. That's pretty cold. Wow. Good on him. Yeah, I mean, do what you want to do, but oh my goodness. Yeah, a little behind-the-scenes look at the nation <laughs> yeah, down by the river uh, where the boats go back to their home. Oh, just stop right now. (laughs) We're not growing watermelons here, man. (laughs) That's it. Our point is there's evolutions. When you look at the game from a 10,000-foot view, you can see some of them. And whatever thing seems like it's a good strategy that lots of people want to do, we're going to find some gems that are going to help you fight that. Yes. So where do you want to start? I've got some that were submitted by the nation and the patrons. You've got some that... You've been theorizing about this like all week. I have. I've thought lots about this over the week as I was looking through my binder the other day for something for, I don't even remember what deck it was. It doesn't matter, but I'm looking through there and I come across this card that we're, we're looking at the screen we're going to talk about. And I think to myself, man, I wanted to play this for so long, but it would cost so damn much. And I didn't think that it was going to be that good. But as I've been playing online, I've noticed 
in virtually every game that I play, this card would impact the table significantly. Now, I, I, I see what you're doing, and I see the colors that this card is referencing. When we say virtually every game, we don't mean against every opponent. We mean every game you might see islands and swamps. Yes. In every game, you're going to see islands and or swamps. Yes. Just take that with uh, at, under advisement as we talk about the cards that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Like You might think, oh, well, of course you're going to see islands and swamps. They're uh, the best. Yeah, of course you are. That's why we're talking about yeah. Nature's Wrath. Nature's Wrath is an enchantment for green, green, four. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice it unless you pay green. Not a big deal because you're playing green. You'll obviously have a green. Whenever a player puts a swamp or black permanent into play, he or she sacrifices a swamp or black permanent, and the same goes for islands and blue permanents. So if you if you play blue or black and you put blue or black permanents or lands onto the battlefield, you have to bounce one. That's like the one from... Sack them. Oh, sacrifice bounce. them. Oh, what's, what's the land one that we just got? Confounding conundrum. Yes, when you play an extra land, you have to bounce a land. Yeah. Or your opponent does or whatever. Yes. This one is sacrifice them. Yes. I mean, yes, this works for you too, but if you're playing green, white, or green, red, or even if you're playing green, black, or blue, green can definitely recover from this because they also have really great graveyard interaction, especially for lands. Yep. You can use this to slow down the black combo list or to totally futz with the the blue control player that's just chilling there as you're hampering their game plan as they try and play it. Well, you know what I like about this too is if you are playing green and blue and black, you could put this in your Moldrotha control deck and anything that you sacrifice, you can actually just play again. Yes. So you can, if your black or blue permanent that you're sacrificing has some kind of ETB trigger, you might actually even want to sacrifice this. Even if, and if the E stands for enter or exit, it's good. Yes. The thing about this card is, is, is some people might say six drops are unplayable. Under advisement, you have to take into consideration that we are talking about the greater casual commander format in general. Yeah, we're not talking CDH. We're not talking playing totally tuned 8, 9, 10. We're talking about playing at the kitchen table with your buds. Let's, yeah. let's yeah. play a casual game of commander. Let's play this. Let, hey, let's you, know, you, this you remember when we could go to Magic Fest? Yeah. And the, the command zone in Magic Fest's was like all the way on one side was like all the way the most casual of casual and then all the way to the very other side was the most competitive and there's kind of like that range if you sat somewhere in the middle that's where the most people sat you could play this card this nature's wrath anywhere from the very most casual of casual where you're doing it just to stop blue and black players because they're powerful colors and you're playing a six drop or you could play it all the way to the middle or j just left of the middle outfield. You know what I mean? Like you could just play it to the left there when you pair it with your Muldrotha control deck and you're doing something powerful with it while stopping your opponents. It's got good range to it. You can just play it in a green deck because it's really good against blue and black things, which you're always going to see now. Yes, and th that's and the same reason that Veil of Summer is good. That's exactly. the same reason that Carpet of Flowers is good. And we're, we might be talking about one of those cards later. Yeah, they might be on the list. Who can say? And then when you get to the end, if you build around it a little bit, build your deck with it in mind, now it's actually really powerful. And yep. you can power out a six drop in green pretty quick. Yeah. So okay. there's that. Let's keep going. That's the card that started it all for you. But you've got, it looks like, three categories. The first one is is Hose Powerful Colors. And that's where this first card came from, right? So yeah. what else do we have? We have a Seed Time. Seed Time is, oh, this is actually funny. This is an instant for green one from Judgment play seed time only during your own turn so instant speed our own turn instant speed has to be played on our turn green one what what could it possibly do ryan take an extra turn after this one if an opponent played a blue spell this turn the ultimate gotcha the ultimate like counter your spell oh really <laughs> oh thanks but... oh really you just untapped all my mana and drew me a card <laughs> Yes. Oh, the ultimate fuck you would be if they used a force of will where they had to exile a card. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> just untap everything and draw. <laughs> oh, so 
I don't know if this card is a hidden gem at like $8 and yeah. a $47 foil. The $47 is because it's from Judgment. It's from Judgment. Then it's never re never seen a reprint. It's also green says take an extra turn. Yeah, at two mana, not at 10. Yeah. Like blue says. Exactly. So it, it's take an extra turn. So maybe it's not that hidden, but there was a time when you would see this in, in a binder or wherever, and you probably wouldn't have even thought to put it in your deck. Cause it's like, uh, you know, I only got that one friend that plays that one control deck or, uh, you know, in my meta at the LGS, there's only so many blue players. But now that there's so many, even aggro decks, like if you're going to play a, a, with the new deck, with the new set, the rogue tribal deck that everybody is super yep. hard on. Lots of those creatures have flash, and they're all blue. You know what I love? You know what I love? Okay, so we're sitting here. We're sitting playing our green deck, and we just hammer out a bunch of stuff. And the guy to our left, player two to our left, is holding up Wrath. He's playing He's playing Esper. He's playing whatever he's playing. He goes, end of your turn. Like, we say go. He goes, end of your turn, I'll play Blue Spell, draw a card. I'll, I'll play my Brainstorm. Whatever, just as an example. And you go response to brainstorm seed time <laughs> and then we get the extra turn where he thought it was going to be his his turn and he can wrath our board that we just spewed onto the table we're playing elf ball or some creature deck right and essentially seed time just gave all of our stuff haste and now we can kill him and before he can wrath and he's used his prop maybe his trick Right? Maybe he's done all of his end of turn stuff. Yes, he doesn't have Swan Song up anymore or, or Counterspell up anymore because he used Brainstorm because we said go. Maybe we're Crater Hoofing and then we said go, but or we said we played Crater Hoof and then they countered it. Yes. Because he doesn't want our, our huge team to have haste. Well, friend, <sighs> look where we are now. Yeah, so again, $8, but this is going to be a blowout card like like Veil of Summer, is a blowout card when they try to do something with a blue or black spell. We got to like that. Now, we're going to we're gonna stick on... Actually, we're going to take off from green hosing things. Yep. And we're going to go to hosing green. So, sort of, because there is also There's, a green one that hoses again. Of course. And this card is Death Grip. Death Grip and Life Grip is the other one? Uh, life, life Force. Life Force. They're both enchantments. Death Grip, black, black. Life Force, green, green. Death Grip... Black, black, counter target, green spell. Life force, green, green, counter target, black spell. And I feel like Death Grip might be the, not the hidden gem here, but I think it's probably the one that might see more play going ahead because there's a lot more people who are splashing green into their deck because we can't deny it. Green is the best color in Commander right now. I think so. It's got the biggest dudes. It's got the biggest card draw, the biggest card, the draw. best early game. It's got the best everything. It yep. gets to the late game, the fastest. Yeah. It's just, it's incredible. So having a card in your black deck that can just straight up stop all of that green shenaniganery yep. isn't going to hurt your at, at what state. At what point is this card good? So black, 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 black counters a green spell. That's four mana to counter a spell. Six black counters two green spells. Eight black counters uh, three? Am I on three? Are we getting to a good rate yet? I think this one is kind of dependent on what you actually get. Or is it rattlesnakey? It sure. I mean, if you're keeping up two black, your two black could be a removal spell. Yes, they're black, or it could be a hey, green player. Are you gonna Are you gonna play that harrow? Are you gonna play that? Are you gonna tap out for that ramp spell now? Yeah, because we'll just I'll time walk you. Yep. You know what I mean? Like anytime the green player taps out for something, you can death grip them. Yeah. And now yeah. they've or or Simic player doesn't play green spell, holds green spell in hand for when you're tapped out, and they play their blue creature. Yeah. And it's like, oh well, I'll guess I'll just Doomblade it instead, right? Yeah, they're playing around this rattlesnakey anti green card. And as green becomes more and more prevalent in virtual in every game of commander, you're gonna have green. Yep. You're that's virtually guaranteed. And you're probably going to see it in both your deck and two of your opponents. Yeah. You know what? I think some of these cards cause us to think a little bit differently about how and when we spend mana. And that changes a little bit. What's the word? It's not the culture of the game, but like how, like I say, how we spend mana and where we spend mana. It just causes us to think and play just a little bit different with an actual regard for killing what is the best thing now. Everybody used to be scared of the blue guy, the blue player, the blue player. Well, now it's the green player. 
Yeah. Over the last year, two years, we've gotten so many good green cards. We've got to be worried about the player that's got green in their deck now, not the player that's got blue. And here we are with a... As much, I should say. I mean, this isn't a... What do you call it? This isn't go for the throat infinitely. That's right. It, if you got mana for it, it, it kind of is. Yep. If you've got enough mana, and let's face it, black can make a ton of black mana. Yeah, what are, what are the cards like Night Soil? You can pick a card in a graveyard to exile. Two. Two cards in, in graveyards to exile, and you get a thing, right? Yeah. The, that card, that effect isn't that great, but you're going to run into graveyard decks and people play Night Soil and Necrogenesis, right? People play that, those cards, and they're good because graveyard strategies are good. Yep. This card is similar rate. you got to cast it, and then you got to pay mana to activate it. And it's good against green decks, and green decks are good. So this card, just by way of actual just critically thinking like that, following the philosophy of it, if this is good against green decks and green decks are good, this must be good because it stops green decks. If, wow, yeah, that's... If, if you're using the same kind of theory that Night Soil and Necrogenesis, that same theory of how they're good against graveyard decks... I like that. Yeah. I like that a That's lot. That's some magic theory shit. See, like, well, look you at us go. go a little bit deep on that. Look, look at, at this art. This looks like, what's going on there? Is that guy got clothes on? Uh, I don't think he does. Is that a chick? No, it's a dude. No, it's a dude. Okay. The anatomy there is kind of weird, though. Yeah. It's oh, made man. me think it's a chick. We're talking encha another enchantment. Here we go. These are just enchantments. They do all kinds of crazy shit, especially when they're old, with dystopia. DT. Dystopia. Black, black, one. This is originally from Alliances. This is our second Alliance card. Ooh. Yeah. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player sacrifices a white or green permanent. Another green hoser. This one happens to encompass white also, because fuck white. Yeah, because fuck white. And you know what the thing is? If you're playing against a, a Simic, sorry, uh, a Selesnia-inclusive deck, or just a Selesnia deck... This card's getting a white permanent every time. <laughs> so it doesn't hose green if white permanents are available. Yes. But if they're not, this card's really good. It is. See, see Death Grip. <laughs> <laughs> it does, and it, it's good for this kind of the same reasons. This one does have cumulative upkeep pay one life, which I think is what kind of turns people away from it. Fuck it. I hate life. But, and, and now we're in a position where there's, they've printed so much life gain into the format. It's so easy to gain life now. Yeah, especially if this is in a in an Orzov deck. Oh shit, yeah. yeah. Or if this is in like a Selenia Dark Angel deck, you want to lose that life. Yeah. There it is. Like there's times when this deck is a boon. The cumulative upkeep isn't even a cost anymore. And yeah. it just fucks the white and green guy. Yep. Because if Death Grip is good because it kills green things, Dystopia is really good because it also hits white things. Yeah. Okay, I like that one. I like that art too. I like that old style magic I, art. I eh? like those like those old oil yeah, painting ones. Oil or watercolor or, or acrylic on like something rough like bristle board or canvas. Now, this next one is not a hidden gem by any means. Everybody knows about 100%. it. One hundred percent. But this is a card that I think that if you got it, you should start playing it more. How about Rebecca Gay Playmat Kickstarters? You in on Carpet of Flowers? Yeah. That's the card we're talking about, by the yes. way. Sorry, I totally interrupted oh, you no, just because it's totally, a nice nice piece. It's a beautiful picture on it. Carpet of Flowers is an enchantment for one green during your main phase, either one of them. Yeah, could be your first one baby. or your second one. You may add up to X mana of any one color to your mana pool, where X is the number of islands target islands target opponent controls. Specifically, at the beginning of each of your main phases, if you haven't added mana with this ability during the other main phase this turn, not at all how the card is worded, but that's how it works. Yes, you get you get mana of any one color equal to number of islands opponent controls. Main phase one. You play Carpet of Flowers, go to combat, main phase two. If you have an opponent with two islands, you get two mana. Yes. Very good. Yeah, and island type, not island name. Not island, basic island. Yep, so if they've got if they've got their underground sea or their watery grave, for example. This is a filter down from CDH where you play it because everybody plays blue, but now we're getting into, again, there's less mono this, mono that, and the... Most powerful colors slash effects are very clearly defined as green and blue. So if you have something that impacts people who are playing green or blue, or you have a benefit because your opponents are playing green or blue, 
here's a card that's going to let you take advantage of that. Yep, and you're going to have more opponents playing green or blue, we thinks, because of that trickle down from CEDH. We're trickling Carpet of Flowers down into casual because the format as a whole is trickling down all of the most powerful stuff in blue, in this case, from CEDH into more regular DH. <laughs> R-E-D-H. R-D-H. R-D-H, yeah. I like it. Yeah. So if nobody, nobody knows about Carpet of Flowers. Yeah, essentially, I guess I guess the Carpet of Flowers is beating the people that are porting over CEDH staples as the culture kind of generally accepts those more. The culture of CEDH is trickling down and we're more okay with the counter spells and the ultra-efficient card draw and removal, right? And Carpet of Flowers is beating those people at their own game. Ooh, I like that too. Yeah, there it is. Wow, Ryan's full of the takes today. Love it. All right, last one in this section that we're going to actually look at is Breath of Dreams. Look at that! If you look at the picture on this card, this is so old school that the most prevalent, most obvious thing in the art is the artist's signature. (laughs) This is a Phil Foglio piece, Breath of Dreams from Ice Age. Is this the one that that you thought that I would play? No. No? No. Wow. I thought you got the first two wrong and they're from Alliances and you said Ice Age. Now this one's actually from Ice Age. Give it a read. Breath of Dreams is another enchantment. Blue, blue, two. Cumulative upkeep of blue. Again, not a huge issue these days. And it says green creatures each require an additional cumulative upkeep one. Oh, yeah. All green creatures need upkeep? Mm-hmm. And the upkeep gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger every turn. Yeah, cumulative upkeep for anybody who doesn't know is is an ability that during your upkeep you put an age counter on the thing with cumulative upkeep and then you have to pay the, the upkeep cost for each age counter on that thing. Right. So in this case, it's one dark mana. So you have all your creatures. The first turn, they get an age counter. Then you pay one for all your creature, all your green creatures. Right. Some mana dorks, all of a sudden, they, they they are one ones for one with no ability. Yeah, they that, either, that are tapped that are, if you yeah, don't want to sack them. They can't even block. Yeah, they can't even block if you wanted to tap them to pay their own upkeep. Yes. Which just makes them literally like dead cards. It makes them worthless. Unless you want them in your graveyard if you're playing against... Like if you're a Golgari deck, you might want your your creatures to die. Sure. But generally, even Golgari decks don't want their mana dorks to die. Correct. If we're talking about Breath of Dreams giving mana dorks cumulative upkeep, anything over and above a mana dork is is gravy at this point. You'll you'll save them for a little while, but then eventually it's just going to be too much because all your mana dorks are probably going to die on the second round. Yeah, because they don't tap to save themselves anymore. Yep, and you don't want to necessarily tap out. And the reason we focus on mana dorks is is because that's one of the ways that green gets itself into the the mid to late game sooner. And mana dorks generally, you're if if you're playing like one mana dork in a deck, you're probably playing six or ten. So you might see them in multiples, right? Yeah. By the time this comes around, if you've got if your opponent has ten mana dorks in their deck, they might have maybe two of them out, maybe three. Who knows? But it gets and if two and another green creature for sure. Suppose they're playing elves or saprolings, and they've got a hundred of them, and they don't tap for mana, or they go turn one Lanowar elf, uh, turn two, whatever Findhorn elf, turn three questing beast, and something else, and then. We go Breath of Dreams, and they're like, oh, fuck, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, their mana dorks are for naught, and their questing beast isn't going to be around for very long because... They're not on turn seven anymore. They're back on turn three with everybody else. Yeah. It's just a cool card. That's cool art, cool art too. That's a Phil Fogley art. He he uh, he sometimes still signs works and stuff, and Ooh. yeah, that's cool. I would meet him if I had one of these cards. Yeah. Although I don't need his signature on this one because I already have it. <laughs> Those were the cards that hose the most powerful color based on the trend line that the format is on. Yes. Let's take a break from your theory crafting. Let's okay. look at some of our, our Patreon submissions. We've got a, a kind of like a creative team that helps us out with ideas and stuff in the Discord. Again, one of the benefits, the very first card that was submitted, the very first one. And this is by Big Dick Jones. We fe- featured his his deck yesterday, right? Yep. Mirror Strike, and this is a Prophecy Uncommon. 
You remember this? Uh, no, no. This, this is white three instant. All combat damage that would be dealt to us this turn by target unblocked creature is dealt to its controller instead. So oh. this this was powerful back in the day of Commander when they attacked you with a Voltron Commander that, that you could target, like not one that has Hexproof or, or Shroud or nothing. But I think... We, we mentioned Crater Hoof already this, this episode, right? We have. Well, Crater Hoof's natively a 5-5, five five, and then if you've got 10 other dudes, it's a 15-15, and that isn't uncommon. Right. Crater Hoof with 10 dudes out, 16-16 or whatever. And I know 16 damage isn't going to kill you, it might, but it might if if we do it back to your face, right? And this is kind of a fog for one big creature. It's also a kill you if you're if the creature coming in has infect. Often do do infecting creatures that are coming in have ten power. Often, pretty often. If you're going to bother attacking with it, in most cases, you're probably going to give it ten power. That's right, because you've got three other people before you can attack with your five power infector again to try and kill somebody. And you know how infect is treated in a game of commander. Yeah, not uh, it is stomped into its lips are slapped all the way off, all the way off, so hard that its dink also gets slapped off and lands in the dirt and flops around like a fish. Gross. That was a weird visual that I just gave yeah. everybody. Sorry, yeah. everybody. Yeah, that's some killer condom from outer space shit right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mirror Strike is going to stop the Infectors. It's going to stop the Crater Hoofs or Equivalent. Or as it was previously used for, the big Voltrons. Or even now, creatures are getting freaking big. Yes. I definitely swing in with just a, this guy's a 14-14, just because, right, the way things are built. And 14 damage is not... There's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, especially when you're not taking it, and somebody else is. You know what? If there, there's also there's also triggers that when attacking creature deals combat damage to you, you might have to discard a card or sacrifice a creature. Mirror strike, the creature is still doing damage to its controller this time. Well, does that work with commander damage? Fuck yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Oh man, it's so good, so good. Oh yeah, so I'll just one shot you with my commander. Oh really? Oh, swine. Is, <laughs> is that how you think it's gonna go? Oh man. Okay, so that's that's a community piece. Here's another one. Now this is another question about about mirror strike. Does oh. it does it have to be attacking you? All combat damage that would be dealt to you this turn ah. by target unblocked creature. Because if it didn't say to you, oh my oh, baby, god, you can just interject. The, uh, just say, uh-uh. the the fucking Voltron guy is trying to attack the defenseless weenie over there in the corner <laughs> so he can draw his 48 cards or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, ah. Oh, well, if not. we're the defenseless weenie, and a lot of the time <laughs> I am because I play <laughs> shitty ass things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, next one. And this is a blue card, and I, I don't think it's super unheard of, but I... The, I'm the only one that I've ever seen cast this card. This was F.U. Lemmy. He, he submitted this one. This is Keep Watch. This is a blue instant for blue two. Notice that these are instants. We're tricking or getting people with them, right? Yeah. And that goes back to we have to change the way we think about when and how we spend our mana, right? Blue two instant. Draw a card for each attacking creature. That's any, true, yeah. Any player attacking any player, draw cards. And this was this was in Judgment originally and reprinted in one of the plain chase uh, decks. I'm into it. Yes. This is a good one. It, it's a solid one. And again, cause, because creatures swarm decks. We talked about one yesterday in the Winota. Yes. There are tons of attacking. And it's not when creatures attack. It's number of attacking creatures. So if that Winota player's all outing somebody and puts every fucking human in their deck into play. Now they've got 27 attacking creatures. Yep. You're going to draw your answer probably yep. with that card. Yep. You know what uh, you know what I you know what I think of is the the green based token decks, the Selesnia, the Simic or or Cranko. What well, well if we're going back to green or what's really popular in the format right now, what's what's the guy that makes rhinos, the populate guy? Jired Conclave whatever his name is. Yes. Or maybe. Obun that we we did a couple weeks ago or last week. Right. Well, that's who we did. <laughs> that's there, who we, did. we got there. Yeah, got there. Lots of attacking creatures playing green. This is how we're going to get them, right? And and you'd think, oh, why don't you play a sweeper to kill all the creatures so you don't die or whatever? Well, green's got heroic intervention and, and white's got 
make your guy indestructible. Or Tef's Protection. Tef's Protection, right? And those are all cards that are in the token decks, so that can't happen. Well, maybe if I can politic, maybe if I can play, you know, like the, the propagandas, the ghostly prisons, blah, blah, blah. Let them do their thing. Let them let them attack other players. I just politic my way out of getting attacked with a couple cards and some words, and that's that's how I like to play Magic now. Yep. And then when they swing all out with 10 dudes or Crater Hoof, the other guy that I convinced them to, I still get to draw 10. So keep watch. Just I think that that one is actually an underplayed gem. Absolutely. Yeah. And last one, last one that, that, that we'll cover right now, and then we'll go back to one of your categories, Perplex. And I know, I think that you you like this one. This I is do. A, Let me do it. This is an sure. instant yes. for blue, black one. Yes. Originally from Ravnica. Counters a spell unless that spell's controller discards their hand. Yes. And has transmute. Yes. Yes. So counter it unless you discard your hand. I know that the powerful colors in the format can get stuff back from their graveyard. Blue can do it a little bit if it's an instant or sorcery or or they can snap caster it back or, or kaomancer it back. Okay. Black can for sure do it. Green can can do it. But green can basically put a card from the from a graveyard basically wherever they want. Yeah. The thing is, if they're landing their game winning spell, it's either countered unless they get rid of their whole hand and maybe they don't have the other piece of their combo anymore because it's in their graveyard along with their regrowth that they also had to discard. Yeah. So they had to discard the thing that they would have used to get their their other thing back. I right? dig that, yeah. And their their spell lands, but they don't have the other pieces anymore, right? Or like they that. keep the other pieces and 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 they get their spell countered. They use the regrowth in their hand, and it's just it's it's one less card that we actually have to deal with now, and it's one slower step that might be the stumble that they needed for the other players to make sure that they're not going to win. Truth. And it's got a tutor on it. You can tutor for something that costs three. And it's got a three-drop tutor, which three, if if you've listened to any of the greater content out there right now, three is the new four, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Yeah who, yeah, who knew? Who knew? Well, in, unless, unless three drops are unplayable. Right, let's back into the the categories that we had going on. Yes, here. we're gonna look at a couple of things because, and I know that these ones are ones that you don't want people to know about. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan does not want you to play these cards. Hey, man, I'm I'm down to play whatever. If if my if mine own greed is my <laughs> folly, well, that's not such a folly because I it's fine. <laughs> because Ryan does pay play. The greedy ass mana bases. Oh, greed is an understatement, my friend. And you were going to, we're getting close to the times where you could, with no real monetary investment, play a two or maybe three color deck with zero basics in it if you wanted to. Fuck it. I'll play a one color deck with zero basics. (laughs) (laughs) Have we done that yet? Put it on the list of things to do. I played my very first CDH deck, actually had no basics in it. Oh, yeah. It was Hermit Druid combo. Ooh, so I can just mill my whole deck. Yeah, I love a good Hermie D, that's for sure. I had a dream. I had a dream that I said something about Hermie D. We've said lots about Hermie D on the show. Yeah, it was funny. It's funny in my dream. It's always funny. <laughs> it's always funny when you're dreaming it. So punish those. We talked earlier about how people can splash blue, splash black, splash green, so that they can get the most powerful effects into their otherwise red or black or white deck. Yeah, and when we say splash, what we what what I interpret that as is we've got 75,000 different legendary creatures being printed in every single expansion, notwithstanding Commander Legends where we're going to have any color combination of partners to our heart's content forever. Yeah. If you want a like if you want a, a Simic deck that that can play a black card. So now you're playing Saltai. It's like, "Ooh, I'll just I'll get this. I'll get the effect on the commander that I want in this card, and then I'll just add black with this other partner card that they're all printing, and we can just rearrange them. Yeah. So now my Simic deck can can, like you say, splash black. Yeah. Similar to the five color creature thing that we get in every set, we just get a pretty good five color creature. Oh yeah, that's another example of what I was just saying. Yeah, we're seeing that on the three color, because back when we started playing Commander, if you wanted to play a three color deck, the options were pretty slim. Especially if they're wedge colors. You had to play like the 
fucking time spiral dragons, essentially. Yeah, until C11 came out and gave us, like, what, two new ones? Yeah. <laughs> right. So as time goes on, you're going to see just more kind of general purpose, just good stuff commanders in every color. Yep. So you're going to see people, oh, I want to do this Boros thing, but it'd be good if I had black. But there, And there's going to be a Mardu commander that just does what they want to do. Yep. And that means more. Or a Mardu combination that is just what you want to do. Yeah. Attack, draw cards, life gain, yeah. for example. Or maybe a mono black guy with partner, and then you play a prismatic piper, and you can just play whatever you want. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I, I'm totally going to splash blue in my Tan of the Butt Sewer deck just by putting a fucking prismatic piper in there. Why not? What's F- stopping me? Fuck. Maybe I'll, just yeah. play, maybe I'll just play 98 cards in my deck by having that. Oh, do you remember? Do you remember? It was, this is years ago. You said, "Hey guys, I want to make this deck. It's 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 mono whatever, and it's all vanilla creatures. But I need to play Muragander Petroglyphs, be, but it's green, and the deck is red or blue or whatever it was." And we said, "No, now you can fucking do that. Yeah, you can literally just splash whatever color you want if you're playing a partner commander." And you know what deck that turned into? Tana the Butt Sewer. Oh, did it? <laughs> yeah, that's no the way. and it still plays Muragander Petroglyphs. Oh man, it's that's still cool. there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you do remember is what you're saying. I sure do. First time fucking ever. <laughs> <laughs> also true. So what we're talking about now is hosing non-basics. Oh, man. All so right. we bought your regular stuff that you all knew was coming. Blood Moon, Magus of the Moon, Back to Basic, Ruination. All those cards are already played. Yep. Play them more. Don't feel bad about it. What's what's the one non-basics don't untap? Is that back to basics? That's back to yeah, basics. Yeah, okay. So don't feel bad about playing those. Play them and be fucking proud of yourself. Sure. Do and, it. And I don't give a shit because I'm still not scared because it's still only four cards. Maybe seven with the with the three that you have outlined here. <laughs> Continue, sir. Okay. First one, another enchantment, because enchantments that were old are awesome. Yeah. They used to print all kinds of crazy ass shit in primal order. Primal order. Enchantment from homelands. Uh-oh. I have this card. Me too. I own this motherfucker. <laughs> green, green two. At the at the beginning of each player's upkeep, Primal Order deals damage to that player equal to the number of non-basics they control. That could be a lot. That's two damage. Deals damage. Oh, de- deals one damage. Yeah. Well, I'm, I am I had two in the brain, and I thought, well, I'm certainly going to have more than two non-basics, so it's <laughs> going to be more than two for me. <laughs> yeah, that card on each of my upkeeps by turn four in any deck that I play. Maybe not. Maybe... Not Balthor, not Mistform, because those are my single color decks. Right. Literally every other one of my deck, and those two decks do both have a pretty sweet suite of non-basics, if you will. So I could see myself total game from that card in any deck not taking less than 10. And this is one of those cards that it's never going to be the most threatening thing. It's going to do 10 damage to you over the course of a game, but slowly. What so, if what if I said that's a four mana do nothing enchantment until it's my opponent's turn? You say, that's when you say, well, it's never going to be the most threatening thing. Nobody's going to use removal on this, even if they have four, five, six lands. Yeah. Because five damage for me to fix all my mana, five damage, even 10, if it's two rounds of the table before somebody sweeps, right? 10 damage for me to actually get to efficiently play out my strategy because I've got perfect mana it's not stopping you from doing anything yeah it's it's worth it to me to take that damage if i can do what my thing is because it's more powerful than primal order Mm -hmm. even though i might not get 10 damage in maybe i'll set myself up to win the game truth yeah right but again like it's but it's bringing you closer to that death where now you've got if you're comboing off you're getting too close yes the threshold to to brando removal you is easier for the other three people yes all because you played this Quasi do nothing enchantment that's only going to get better with time as people play more non basics and modal double faced lands. Yeah, those. Right? Yes, remember modal. Remember CCO Nation. Modal double faced cards exist, and we've seen them now since they've been printed in Zendikar Rising. I think we've seen them in in at least one deck every single week since the set came out. Yep. Yep. They're everywhere. So let's see what else I got for Hosen non basics. I've got a Sky Shroud War Beast. Look at that. Look at that little guy. That's cool art. Jim Jim Nelson. Get in there, Jim. Yeah. Okay, this is this is a rare from Exodus. Cool, a beast. Why is it not a dinosaur? Maybe it's been a rat at a dinosaur. 
No, it hasn't. Look at the errata. That's the actual card text that you're looking at. It says beast. Oh, screw that. Uh, anyways, trampler, trample star star for green one. Enters the battlefield. Choose an opponent. Okay. Power and toughness each equal to the number of non-basic lands the chosen player controls. Man, that that feels a little bit that feels a little bit Tarmogoyfy. That's Tarmogoyf and EDH. That's now EDGoyf. Tarma H. Goyf DH. Goyf DH. Just trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, that is okay. On turn two, what is it? A two-two? Sure. Probably. On turn no, nah, it might be a one-one on turn two, which isn't that great. But it's going to do two things. One of two things or both. It's going to stay small because it's preventing your opponent from playing uh, their, their non-basics or fetching into a dual land, for example, until later in the game as to not take as much damage from that. Or it's going to do more damage to your opponent because they're, <laughs> they don't give a shit. And yeah. it's the same thing I said about what was the last one? Primal growth? Primal force? Primal, primal whatever from primal Homelands? Something, yeah. It's like... Primal order. It's it's not going to stop me from doing anything that I want to do, but it's going to make my life total thirty or less by turn five. It's going to shrink that life total just because you're doing what you're doing. And again, it's never going to probably it probably isn't going to be the most powerful thing creature. has to be removed. And it's just probably mid to late game. It'll just get caught up in a sweeper after it is done. 10, 15 damage. Which is pretty good for two. Yeah, and you don't have to attack the player that it's set to, right? So if the player that has the most non-basics isn't the most threatening player, you can attack someone else, and then you've got some political advantage, right? Like, yo, man, don't play that basic. Play a non-basic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, uh, keep that Terramorphic Expanse around until the end of my turn so I can swing in for an extra damage. Yes, 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 yes. Or um, if, if you search for a shock land off of your fetch instead of a basic... I'll attack whoever for the extra damage overturns that I'm going to get from that that shockland. So now you've got a political weapon on top of a weapon that's probably at least above rate because it's it's two two CMC for four four five five six six whatever it is. And you're finally getting to play Goyf and Commander. There it is. I know yeah. people want to do that because this requires way less work and money. Yes, and it has trample. Yes, there it is. And the last one. Classic from Standard back in the day. It's Anathomancer. Look at that. Yeah, we haven't played this guy for a long time. He had a promo, uh, uh, an F&M promo. Remember those? Yeah. Man, I wish they had those yeah, still. I, I guess they kind of do. They kind of do, they, but they're not in foil. They don't. They suck. Well, we just don't have F&Ms anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a, a zombie wizard. So we've got two relevant creeper creature types. Yes, especially if we're playing like a Grixis zombie deck or something, right? This is black, red, one. When it enters the battlefield, it deals damage to target player equal to the number of non-basics they control, and it has unearth for black, red, five, which means you can cast it from your graveyard, it gains haste, and you exile it at the end of your turn. So in zombie decks, we can get it back from the graveyard, sacrifice it, get it back, sack, get it back, sack, get it back. We could get, I don't know, two, three, four triggers out of this guy. Gary is better, but this punishes a certain undesirable thing that our opponents are doing. Correct. And of this category that damages equal to non-basic, some people think that the format is is speeding up and games don't go to 10, 11, 15 anymore. Games are over by turn six. The four cards that we talked about in this category don't help us finish the game any sooner. They help our opponents kill each other sooner because we're lessening our opponents' life totals from 40 to 30 over the first four or five turns of the game. Because everybody's looking for those big efficient attacks. It's way more efficient to attack somebody that's at 20 than is at 40 with yes. a big blocker. And again, I go back to changing the way that we think about how and when we play stuff such that we can leverage our cards in this category politically to make our opponents attack each other and not us. Yeah. Right. And See, we're playing the game outside the game. Right to the point where I play my Anathomancer, target player two, player three attacks player two, player four attacks me, I block, and then I unearth my Anathomancer next turn, target player one again. And then player three attacks player two. Sorry, target player two again, and then player three attacks player two again. And I'm dealing damage to player two, player three is dealing damage to player two, right? 
all the while I've had blockers and haven't taken any damage because I have that anathemancer sitting there and I'm in cahoots with that guy, that 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 guy that's attacking player two. Shit, yeah. Right? So I and that was a little bit hard to follow because I just shouted out a bunch of numbers, but it made sense. Yeah, like we just have to think about what we're doing differently to to draw the game out for us. So we don't die. All right, man, what else do we have from the nation? The nation gave me a couple more cards. Some of which kind of fit in, some of which are I think are maybe a little bit underutilized, some of which I'm not sure about. I know Effie Jesse plays this one, and it's Hunting Grounds. This is another one from Judgment. It's an enchantment that literally is a do-nothing enchantment, which a lot of creators are going to say, do-nothing enchantments, don't play them. But if we're stretching the game out, eventually they do a thing, and if we can stretch the game out enough that thing being repeatable is going to give us some advantage. So again, remember, stretch the game out using politics and hosing what is powerful. Because hosing a powerful thing is powerful, but it's not the powerful thing, so you're going to be okay. Yeah, right? Sometimes being first is last, and sometimes being second is real good. Sometimes being first is being last, and sometimes being second is like, not being there at all. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Which which then you just like come out of the bush like half naked and you're like, whoa, fuck, I'm here. <laughs> What's up, broken bottle of face? Run yeah. away. Yeah. Give me your wallet. Yes. Woo. Yes, 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 yes. You trip and fall in the fire pit. Yeah. Or or down a sand pit. That was, uh, yeah. I don't know. Not speaking from experience. Of course not. No. Definitely no. not the night I met my wife. We are respectable here in the nation. Yes. Especially also, at the top. Also, two black eyes. Not from fighting. Jesus. That's a story for a different day. That didn't actually happen to me. It's a guy I knew. <laughs> this card is Hunting Grounds. Look, that's the card. And it's an enchantment for white and green, right? It is. I don't remember anything other than that. Well, because it does literally nothing. Oh, sweet. Unless you have Threshold. Oh. Oh, so f- cards in your graveyard, seven or more. Okay. This would be great in, in like a, in a, in an Abzan deck maybe where you want cards in, like, you get the black, get the cards in your graveyard. Okay. Anyways, right. okay, so as long as there's seven or more cards in your graveyard, Hunting Grounds has, whenever an opponent casts a spell, you may put a creature from your hand onto the battlefield. Wow. Might Might also be good in a Bant deck where we're drawing cards. Fuck it, it's got green, we can draw already. Yeah. So Good in a green deck that draws cards. Oh, all of them. Yeah, g- green deck that draws cards and has creatures that I want on the battlefield. Wow, that doesn't sound like very many of the green decks that I've played. Yeah. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, you can put a creature from your hand onto the battlefield. But remember, early game, it does nothing. And you could play this early game because it costs two. So it, it, it doesn't do anything. But for that reason, it's like, leave it the fuck alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel everything that we've said about this card, the only thing that I think might hold this one back a little bit is, and the reason that there's no graveyard hate in any of the lists that we're talking about is because everybody's already got that figured out. Everybody's already playing it. And how many times have you out there listening right now, me here, Brando, Ryan sitting right next to me, how many times has somebody just looked around the table and said, who has stuff in their graveyard? And somebody, yeah, I got a fetch land. I got nothing. I got nothing. Okay, I'm going to bajooka bog you because you have a fetch land in your graveyard. Yeah. A hundred percent of the time that just, ah, well, I got to hit somebody with it. I need a land. That's the only one I have. Because on turn two, you played a hunting grounds. Now the two cards in your Celestia graveyard is. Yeah. And you're like, ah, fuck. Yeah. This card, like a bunch of our other ones that hose colors, this one feels very much like a card that is going to get somebody, right? If you have a way to get, let's say you got four or five cards in your graveyard. It's not active. But if I have a way to get two or three more cards instant speed into my graveyard during your upkeep. And now my graveyard's active and I've got cards in hand. Sure. You're going to think twice. Does it stop you from playing anything? Probably not. Probably not. But I'm going to further my strategy at this point at a, at a discount because I paid, I paid two and a card to get maybe a big creature. I'm gonna so try. I the, try. The, the jury's still out on this card. Maybe that's the Twitter assignment, CCO Nation. Do you do you play this card? Does it do enough if you have threshold? Or or where does it go? What does it hose? What's it good for? When I get home, I'm gonna put it in hyena and the Beeb deck. Yeah. Because people How are much does it cost? all the time. I, I think it's it's ten bucks. Foils oh, forty three. What? Oh, it's from Judgment. We've oh, been over this. Right. We've been over this already. I have a foil one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have a foil. What, what's the one draw card for each attacking creature? 
Um, keep watch. Keep watch. Yeah, I got a foil one of those. Shit, it's like yeah. ten bucks though. When I got mine, mine was like a like a cent. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like cool. a bulk box buy from from Aaron at Collectors Lane. There it is. Okay, we had a bunch of other suggestions, but I know that you've got one other category. Big thanks to all the patrons who contributed. We could talk about this kind of stuff all day, and I love Magic Theory, and I and we, we like having these kind of more dialogue based bonus shows like this but brando's got one other category that we want to talk about and this is the weight what category that maybe these cards were not quite edh playable yet you looked at them and you could see how powerful they were but you didn't have the tools to make up for the drawbacks Mm -hmm. so i found a few of these that i think could be playable now that might have been playable back then but now there's something that we should all be taking a look at i think and the first one is Ancestral Knowledge. Oh, this is not what I thought it was. I thought it was Accumulated Knowledge. And I was like, how are you going to make Accumulated Knowledge work in on Commander? Because it references itself <laughs> in the graveyard. Well, I'm not. That's, <laughs> well, that, I'm that's some do CCO that. shit, though. <laughs> I'd make AKEDH. The answer to that, by the way, is Twin Cast. Because you play it and then you... No, I guess that doesn't no, work. No, 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 because it's in your graveyard. Yeah, you got to play twin cast and play that... the accumulated knowledge. Then you got to twin cast the twin cast and target the accumulated knowledge. There it is. You got to you got to let the original accumulated knowledge go to the graveyard, and then the uh, the copies when they resolve will see the one in the graveyard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you cast something as a copy of a card in your graveyard? Like like uh, what, what's the card body double that does that for a creature? I think so. Uh, Memory Sluis, I think does that. Does it? I think so. There's cards that do it. I'm sure, sure we can do it. But anyway, ancestral knowledge is an enchant. It's an enchantment. Jesus Christ! For blue, for blue one, cumulative upkeep, one colorless. Sure. And what it does is, it comes into play. You look at the top ten cards of your library. Ten. Ten. With any number of them from the game, then put the rest back on top of your library in any order. Then, if it leaves play, you shuffle your library. So you look at ten, take all the chaff, fucking get rid of it, reorder the rest, put it on top any way you like it. I like I like just getting rid of ten cards after like a doomsday or something. Just doomsday. AK. Fucking I win. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off with doomsday piles. I'm just gonna play ancestral knowledge. <laughs> okay. That that's a little bit weird, but it's a permanent. So if we bounce it, we can keep doing that. You can keep flickering it back, and it should just take ten out of your. Oh, I didn't even think about flicking it. What, do Brago players play this? They should. Just get rid of ten, ten, ten. At that point, it becomes a tutor, but you only see ten at a time. But if you, who gives a fuck? Because you can reorder everything. You don't even have to get rid of stuff. Yeah, you can just reorder it. So if you if you if you want like two things, you just put them back on top. I guess if you don't give a shit about anything else, you bin the next eight and, and then you flicker it and do it again and there's so much draw in the format now that you could just like oh there, there's one card in here that i want put it back on top draw that son of a bitch either let this thing die and shuffle or blink it and keep fucking doing it yeah i like i like this with yeah um like commander's sphere right you can sacrifice it and and draw the card that you put back on top with this and since you know it's there you can tap it for a mana to play the card that's on the top and then sack it to draw that card and fucking play it. Yeah, yeah, like if you find your if you find like your worldly tutor, your idealic not idealic uh, enlightened tutor, you can if you find that card with ancestral knowledge, you can draw it with with your commander sphere after you added green, you draw your worldly tutor, you search, that'll give you a shuffle effect to to see a new 10 cards with ancestral knowledge. Yeah, it's pretty good. Commander sphere's fucking good. It's a good ass card. Play it in like every deck. Ever. For sure. Next one, everybody knows about this one, but I think that it's it's worth taking another look at, and it's Elephant Grass. Yeah, this is th- this is the card I thought it was, and I was like, yeah, AK is a fucking legacy card. Elephant Grass used to be, and I'm like, oh, now I don't know what to what to think. <laughs> <laughs> Elephant Grass, cumulative upkeep one again. You're you're just picking cards that are from I- Ice Age block or Mirage block. <laughs> cumulative upkeep, it turns out, stopped a lot of people from playing cards. And I think that a lot of people overlook them because, oh, I have to keep paying for them. They're not that good, and the effects are marginal. But now the effects aren't as frickin' marginal. Yeah. Non-black creature can't attack you. Wait a second. That's not what this card does. Black creatures can't attack you. Non-black creatures can't attack you unless their controller pays two. 
for each creature they're attacking you with. A ghostly so, prison, my ass. This is one mana propaganda ghostly prison sphere of safety. Unless they're playing black, in which case it's one mana fucking attack somebody else. Yes. <laughs> yes. And this, this goes in Enchantress decks that we were talking about earlier in the episode because they can play all the Bant colors because Bant Enchantress. Bant Enchantress is a deck. Yeah. So that deck is is good, and this can go right in it. And everything about this is good. It's got sweet art on it. It's another one of those cards that's just going to... It gets better over time, and because it's in green, that cumulative upkeep doesn't mean shit. Oh, yeah. It doesn't mean anything. You can pay for this for 10 turns with no shenanigans, <laughs> and then you can just let it die and shenanigans it back. <laughs> because green. Because you're playing green. <laughs> Oh, my God. And the last one. The lasty. This is the last one. This is the one that, Ryan, I'm going to read this to you, and you're going to go, I I love this card. You're going to like this. Okay. You're, I promise you're going to like this. Check this out. It's, it's Psychic Vortex. Let me read to you what this card does. I love the fucking art already. It says, at the end of each of your turns, sacrifice a land and discard a card. Period. I, I'm fucking listening. Then it says, Teleria floats upon a wheel of fortune. Ooh, I'm double listening so now it says you, wheel. So now you know what the fucking card does. It makes you sack a land and discard a card at each of your turns. But it has a cumulative upkeep. A cumulative upkeep of draw a card. <laughs> Joke's on you. I've played this card before. <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is one of those things that people look at and they think oh my god it's gonna just it's gonna get me it's gonna slow me down i don't like sacking my land but there's so many ways to get your land back now there's so many ways to get your land back this doesn't even slow you down anymore well no because if you've had it out for a turn or two you just draw your whole hand again and discarding your whole hand is fucking good yeah it's good it puts your Old hand in your secondary hand, which is yep. your graveyard. The sacking a land doesn't mean fucking anything anymore. And you're drawing your regular card for turn plus between one and, I don't know, all of them. Yep. You could play this in an Atraxa deck and you're going to proliferate those age counters Proliferate up. the time, the age counters. Like, how many times do you want to proliferate an age counter? Well, we're playing Psychic Vortex, so I guess we're doing it. Yes, this That's like proliferating um, Herald of Lashrak, where you cumulative upkeep gain control of a land you don't control. Yeah. yeah proliferate that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. The highest I've ever gotten the age counters on Psychic Vortex was five. So the, the first round of the table at the end of turn, and this was like turn five, when I mana rocked and played my shitty cheap shit, I discarded like one card. Okay. So next turn, I and sacrifice, sacrificed a land. The next turn, drew for turn, drew a card. So I drew two. Same thing. Uh, played the land, played the card. D just sacrificed a land. Next turn, drew for turn, drew two more. So I've seen five cards since I've played this card. Played a land, played my other two spells. And one was a mana rock or whatever. Sacrificed a land because I had no cards in my hand. Three age counters, drew a card, draw, draw, draw. So now I've seen... Uh, Eight, nine extra eight cards or nine extra, yeah. yeah yeah so just extrapolate draw 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 on top of your draw for turn yeah and on top of all this, the other drawing that you're doing this card is the epitome of the the entire episode that we've been talking about is it the most powerful thing no so it's going to get left alone because people are like well you got to sack a land and discard your whole hand and you're like oh really yeah, oh yeah, that, that's yeah, fine. No, you're gonna say not. Nah, that, yeah, that's terrible. I don't even know why I play this card. It's junk. Yeah, I'm playing. I'm paying. I'm playing ten or eleven sources of ramp. I'm and and mana rocks, or both ten or eleven ramps and and five or six ten ramp spells. It's like I'm gonna cast everything that I draw because I'm drawing so many things and I have so many ramp, and I'm not gonna have to discard and the and and the land doesn't matter because I've got rocks and ramp spells. Like, it just doesn't matter. You don't need them. And, and if you do need them, you can just play them out of your fucking graveyard. Because there's so many other more powerful things that people are doing because, like, Watsy's using that fire fucking philosophy to design cards that are so fun and interesting and powerful and whatever. It's like drawing six cards every single fucking turn and filling yeah. up my secondary hand is not the most powerful thing. 
Isn't and that's insane. And this is just gonna get left alone. Yeah, Looking at you with his big fucking eyeball. With his little disinterested eyeball. Yeah, he's like, eh, this is not even good. Yeah, it's a terrible card. Why are you even playing this? <laughs> Because you're in CCO Nation. Exactly. And I just think that that's one of the, I think that really does epitomize what we're talking about, where it's a card that people are going to look at and go, back in the day, five, six years ago, we'd look at this and say, yes, I can build around this because I'm going to build around it. Yes. And whereas, that's that's what I did. Whereas now, you could look at this and say, shit. Shit. I'm already playing Runamap, Excavator, and Crucible of Worlds, and every single deck needs 10 card draw, 10 mana ramp. So why not put that? And in? my mana ramp can't be Commander Sphere because it's too too slow. Yeah, you might as well play this because you're going to ramp into it on turn two, and you're going to immediately just this will run away with the game all yep. by itself. Yeah, because you're drawing your whole hand or more than your whole hand every turn. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I like that one. Do you think what was it? Uh, t- is that a two or a seven? Two. A two. It's two a, bucks. It's like four Canadian dollars, yep. three freedom dollars with shipping. Yeah. So pick them up. They're cool. And they're going to go index that you have. Everybody listening to this that has a, like a what what the hell is it? Simic deck yep. could play this. Or a Muldrotha deck because yeah. you're going to be graveyarding in that deck. It's, there's another one. You're playing Ramanap, Excavator, and Crucible of Worlds. In your Muldrotha decks anyways, and Muldrotha is what? Like the biggest or second biggest commander on EDH rec of all time? Yeah. Or third maybe, whatever it is. This card is just going to Muldrotha fucking harder than Muldrotha. Already <laughs> Muldrothas. Yes. <laughs> it goes in. The top two commanders on EDHrec.com, Muldrotha and Atraxa, this card goes in it. Yeah, I think I think that Golos is on the on the throne right now. But Golos? Golos would play this card too because Yo, Golos what? gives you... Access to all the extra land cards, the land from graveyard cards, and Wooberg to fucking do whatever you want. There it is. Yeah. Look at that. And you yeah. would and you probably flip by that in a trade binder in some LGS somewhere. And this is big dumb eye looking at you and you're like, ooh, discard my hand. Discard my hand, sack of land. Fuck that's this some, card. Shitty ass weatherlight stuff. Right? <laughs> and you just went right through to the new hotness from the new set. Forget all about this. But who's laughing now? Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so that's my list. That's including some of the stuff off of the CCO Nation list. Thank yes. you for sending them some st- stuff in. Thank you for contributing to this. We hope that you have discovered some things, maybe filled up a shopping cart at Fusion Gaming Online using CCO Fusion 5 special promo code to get 5% off all your Magic the Gathering singles and let them know that their partnership with us is a good one. We hope that we both informed and entertained you. We would like to thank FusionGamingOnline.com. They are your source for all your gaming needs for helping us keep the lights on for you so that each and every week you can have us in your ear holes and your eye holes and any other hole that you like to partake of the show through. And we're going to be back in approximately six days with another great deck on another super exciting episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! (laughs) 